I'm Mike Franzone and welcome to the Prophecy Channel. And so it begins. Today we begin to look at the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Revelations chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. And we're going to look at the rider on the white horse today. And uh, through the next few weeks, we'll look at each rider. It'll be one separate message as well. So thank you again so much for tuning in today. This is the beginning of the tribulation period. Revelations chapter 6 is also a summary and an overview of what will happen during the seven-year tribulation period on earth. Yes, Jesus is coming to set up his kingdom and restore the Edenic paradise, but the seven-year tribulation is to judge this wayward and rebellious world. Jesus is coming as a judge, but also to bring Israel back to Messiah. Once the seals are open, uh, and more details will co coming as far as the judging of the world, this will begin to unfold. These four horsemen are bringing the most vile and graphic forms of justice and judgment. The Apostle John is living on a tiny island called Patmos. There's a beautiful sea breeze, waves are pounding, seabirds are flying above. He's between 86 and 90 years old. God opens up to him the revelation of the last days of earth. The first four seals consist of the four horsemen. They are released to ride upon the earth. These seals open the door to the trumpet judgments and eventually the bowl judgments. Let me go ahead and read Revelation 6. We're just going to look at verse 1 and 2. We want to only look at the rider on the white horse. Now I saw when the lamb opened up one of the seals, and I heard when one of the four living creatures sang with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. Now, I think what's very interesting is Revelation, or excuse me, Matthew 24 follows Revelation 6. In verse 7, I just want to bring this out. He says, in the last days, nation will rise against nation. The Greek word is ethnos, ethnicity, ethnic groups. Now think about that. He says, nation will rise against nation, ethnic groups against ethnic groups, social groups, cultures, and the Greek root word actually means the state of belonging. Look what we're seeing the last three years, riots in our cities. They're trying to turn the black against white. They're trying to turn rich against poor or the police against the socialists, the republics against the Democrats. All of this is a sign of good versus evil. This is very demonic. The relevance of the horse is also important in this chapter. Uh, I think we're unfamiliar to the Western mind. I mean, the horses in the ancient world, they understood the value and the importance of the horse, very clearly understood. The horse was a weapon of war, a weapon of mass destruction. The horse was held in high esteem, respected for its strength and fearlessness. The horse was a symbol of power, battle, war, and judgments. I want you to listen to Job chapter 39, 
verse 19 through 25. I marked this in my Bible, but I want you to hear how Job describes the horse. I think you'll understand. In Job 39, verse 19, Have you seen the horse's strength? Have you clothed his neck with thunder? Can you frighten him like a locust? His majestic snorting strikes terror. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He gallops into the clash of arms. He mocks at fear and is not frightened. Notice as says he turned back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him. The glittering spear and javelin. He devours the distance with fierceness and rage. Nor does he come to a, a hall because the trumpet has sounded. At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of captains, and shouting. Wow. Let me go a little bit farther, because I think we can look in the Old Testament in the book of Zechariah, and we can also see a picture of Revelation chapter 6 and all four horsemen of the apocalypse. Here it is, Zechariah. I want you to look at chapter 1, verse 7 through 11. Just listen to this and how he describes this. On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is a month Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet. I saw by night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse, and it stood them on the myrtle trees in the hollow, and behind him, watch, were horses, red, sorrel, and white. And he continues in verse 9. Then I saw my Lord, what are these? So the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. And the man who stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. So they answered the angel of the Lord, who stood them on the myrtle trees and said, We have walked to and fro throughout the earth. Behold, all the earth is resting quietly. Very interesting. It's like they're patrolling the earth, all right? The same for a horseman. Now look at Zechariah chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Up, up from the land of the north, says the Lord, for I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven, says the Lord. That's these angels, or these horses. Up, Zion, escape you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of my eye. That's speaking of Israel. One more. Zechariah chapter 6, I think is really interesting as well. Verses 1 through 8. Let's see. Zechariah 6, 1 through 8. I believe that's, there you go. Listen to what he says here. He says, Then I turned to raise my eyes and looked to behold four chariots. Remember, there's four horsemen. We're coming from between two mountains and the mountains were, in mount, were mountains of bronze. With the first chariot, there was a red horse. The second chariot, a black horse. These are in the book of the Revelation. White horse. We'll look at that today. And the fourth chariot, a dappled or strong steeds, and that would be the pale horse. And then he goes on and on and speaks of how they're the four spirits of heaven who go out from their station before the Lord of all the earth. And he says the one with the black horse is going to the north country. The white's going after them. The dappled are going toward the south country. And then the strong steeds went out eager to go that they might walk to and fro throughout the earth. And he said, go to walk to and fro throughout the earth. So they walked to and fro throughout the earth. Now, so much more. So you can see. So the horse speaks of power, 
battle, war, and the sweeping wide world, worldwide rather, judgment. And this is what we see in the four horsemen of the apocalypse and why this is so important to look at these four horses. Now, in the text of Revelation 6, verse 1, he says, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. These are the, these are the seals, all right? And then he says, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. The word come in the Greek language is uh, erkon. It's used four times here. A very strong word used with exclamatory force. It basically means go, proceed, move swiftly. So as one seal is open, the next one is ready. This is what he's getting at. At the minute one seal is open and begins to kind of fade out, the next seal is immediately open. To each horse, to each horse and to each horse man, the Lord says, keep on coming. Let's open up the passage, verse 2. He says, and I looked, John wrote, and behold, a white horse. What's the first thing you think of when you think of a white horse? Well, obviously, for me, the first thing I think of is um, um, peace, right? Peace, the symbol. And so here's a time in these last days, a time of worldwide peace. But it's a false peace. It's actually the calm before the storm. The false Messiah enters into a chaotic world. And there's the promise of peace. And everybody's looking for peace, all right? All looking for something. The beginning of the seven-year tribulation. And I want you to watch for something else. The rebuilding of the Jewish temple. I really do believe that the Jewish temple will be uh, rebuilt either before or right at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. It sounds kind of weird because the Bible says they're going to be return of the sacrifices as well. And Peter will go absolutely crazy when these animals are sacrificed. So many believe we're nearing a utopia, a wonderful peace. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to have peace again on the earth. But it's a lie. It's a fake. It's a phony. And then he says in verse 2 of Revelation 6, he who sat on it, he who sat on it. Listen, this is a person. It's not a movement. It's a man. It's not Jesus. It's the Antichrist. The Antichrist is sitting on the white horse. He's the man of sin. He's the lawless one, the great deceiver, the dictator, the living devil possessed by Satan himself. He is the demonic Messiah who's coming. Now, here's another evidence. In Revelations 19, they speak of a rider on a white horse. That is Jesus. And so let's look at Revelation 6. He says he's given a crown. Now, the white horse in Revelation 6, that Greek word is Stephanos, which means military victor's crown. Hold on to that. We'll look at that a little bit later. But in Revelation 19, the one riding on the white horse in Revelation 19 is also given a crown. But it's the Greek word diadem. That's the crown of the king. Revelation 19 is Jesus riding on the white horse. Revelation 6 is the Antichrist riding on the white horse. The Antichrist is the chief son of Satan who comes promising the world peace, but he's going to bring a bloodbath. At the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, he makes an agreement, a peace treaty, a covenant with Israel. 
Now think about this. The United States is not at war with Israel, and Europe's not at war with Israel, but most of the Middle East is at war, and they desire to destroy Israel. So we see this part of the world is ripe for the Antichrist. And just think about this. When we had this COVID thing about three years ago, in one week, the entire world was shut down. Fear, acting like sheep, take care of me, feed me, give me free stuff, make sure I'm protected. And still, these tyrants want to take down the world and want to keep it locked down if they could. Think about the Romans and the people of Rome when they begin to really collapse. They begin to cry out for the bread and the circus. They ask the government, feed me and entertain me. Many are willing to sell their freedom for literally a piece of bread. It's amazing how many people in all of these nations cowered down in fear. And those who stood up, basically, metaphorically, got their heads chopped off. Now, the rider on the white horse says he's a white horse, he sat on it, and he had a bow. Now, here's a bow with no arrows. So victory at first will be a bloodless one. This is what that means. A bow with no arrows, victory at first will be a bloodless one. This is peace through deception, through lying, and through dishonesty because war is coming. In the middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will break his agreement with Israel. At the beginning, he does make a covenant with Israel, a peace treaty. And then in the middle, he breaks that. And the Bible calls that the abomination of desolation. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 24. Daniel talked about it. The uh, first, um, uh, second Thessalonians chapter uh, two, I believe they talk about it. And here we see in Revelations, it's going to happen later. The Antichrist interrupts the temple worship in the new rebuilt temple in the middle of the seven years. He interrupts the sacrifices. He sets himself up as a god. He demands worship or face death. Now, let's get back to that word crown. He said, the one riding on the horse, the white horse, he sat on it, he had a bow, and he had a crown. This is very important. The Greek word is stephanos or stephanos. It's the military victor's crown. Here's a reference to the ancient possession of triumph. When the victor won his victory, he would parade with a crown on his head. He would parade and ride through the city on the white horse. That's what it pictures there. This is the Antichrist. He's coming not for peace. He's coming for war. And it says he was given. He was given right? He was granted or given the crown and given to him. Interesting. Which means he has delegated authority. Satan, the God of this world, gives to the Antichrist what he wanted to give to Jesus in Matthew 4. You remember Jesus was tempted. And what did the devil say to Jesus? He said, bow down and worship me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world, Jesus. Obviously, Jesus didn't do it, but this time the Antichrist will do it. And the Bible says Satan is the god of this world. The Bible says in 1 John that the whole world lies in the arms of the wicked one, of Satan. So he has a certain amount of authority, but ultimately it will be God who allows it for the purpose of judgment. 
Now it was given to him, a crown, but also given to him in verse 2 of Revelation 6. He went out conquering and to conquer. So here's his true motivation. It is not for peace. That's a false peace. His true motivation is to make war with the world, but specifically Christians and Jews. Listen to what, how Daniel prophesied this event. I'm going to go all the way to Daniel. I think I'll go to Daniel chapter 7, verse 25 first. Listen to what he says here. He's speaking of the Antichrist. Daniel's predicting this. Daniel 7, 25, he shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High. He shall intend to change times and law, and the saints will be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. So God allows the Antichrist to wage war against the saints and win for three and a half years, a times, times, and a half a times. Listen to Daniel 8, beginning in verse 23. In the latter time of their kingdom, when he transgressor, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features who understand sinister schemes. This is the Antichrist. His power shall be mighty, verse 24, but not by his own power. No, see, he comes through Satan's power. He shall destroy fearfully, shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Verse 24, verse 25 of Daniel 8. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule. He shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He even shall rise against the prince of princes, and he shall be broken without human means. That means Jesus will come and destroy him. He'll be broken. Ultimately, he will lose. And now look at Daniel 9, 27. He shall confirm, speaking of the Antichrist, he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. All right? Seven years. But in the middle of the week, that's seven. In the middle is three and a half. He shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. That's in the temple. And on the wings abomination shall be one who makes desolate. This is the abomination of desolation that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24. Even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out upon the desolate. Now, question. Why does he make peace? I think it predisposes a conflict, a potential war, a real war. Maybe there is a World War III one group hates Israel and wants to drive them into sea. Many in the Muslim world, Iran, Turkey, Iraq, just the whole list, they hate Israel. They want to drive Israel into the sea. Now, hold on to this. I believe the Antichrist will be from maybe a Middle Eastern country. I believe he's going to be a, mis a Muslim, but it's possible he's coming from a Gentile country, but he'll be a Muslim either overtly or covertly, either out in the open or be a hidden Muslim. I don't think he's going to be a Gentile. I think it could be anybody from the Roman Empire and maybe even a Muslim country. We'll get into that. I do have a video on my channel, YouTube channel, Mike Frenzo Ministries on who is the Antichrist. It's about 40 minutes long. Should should get that if you can. Okay, I believe the Islamic Mahdi the Islamic Al-Mahdi will be the Bible's Antichrist. 
The Mahdi is the coming Islamic Messiah. I believe that. And to us, he is the Antichrist. And the Mahdi comes on a white horse. He'll use a sword to bring peace. He awaits the return of Jesus. Jesus, to the Muslims, all right, will be the false prophet who turns back, turns the world to worship the Antichrist, turns the world to, to Islam. The Muslims await the return of the Mahdi. Let me give you something before I go. I'm going to compare the Bible Antichrist with Muslim eschatology and the teaching on the Mahdi. So let's just compare some of this. Now, again, you can go more details in my YouTube channel, Mike Franzel Ministries. The Antichrist will be the head of a one-world government, the Bible says. In Muslim eschatology, the Ahmadi will be the head of a one-world government. The Antichrist will lead one-world religion. The Ahmadi sets up Islam as the one-world religion. The Antichrist confirms a seven-year treaty between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Ahmadi upholds a seven-year treaty between the Jews and the Gentiles. Yeah, pretty amazing after a while. The Antichrist rules for approximately seven years. The Ahmadi rules approximately seven years, but some say nine, 12, or 14 years. That's different. The Antichrist, described in the Bible as the white horseman of the apocalypse. The same biblical passage of the Antichrist as the white writers also used by Muslim scholars as evidence of the Mahdi in the Christian Bible. The Antichrist invades, conquers Israel and Jerusalem. Al-Mahdi invades and conquers Israel and Jerusalem. The Antichrist rules from Jerusalem. The Al-Mahdi will rule from Jerusalem. The Antichrist targets and persecutes Christians and Jews who do not convert. The Ahmadi focuses conversion efforts on Jews and Christians and kills those who do not convert. The Bible says, I re- just read it to you from Daniel 7, that the Antichrist changes the laws and the calendar. The Ahmadi implements Sharia law and uses the Islamic calendar. The Antichrist has an assistant, Revelations 13 and 14. He's called the false prophet or the second beast. Well, the Ahmadi is assisted by Isa, or Isa, who they believe will be Jesus, who will convert to Islam. The Antichrist is granted supernatural powers from Satan to perform signs and wonders. Well, the Al-Mahdi is granted supernatural power from Allah to perform signs and wonders. And finally, the Antichrist will arrive on the scene during a period of great turmoil caused by war, crime, religious dis- natural disasters, and religious apostasy. The Ahmadi, in Muslim eschatology, he will come on the scene during great period of turmoil caused by war, crime, natural disasters, and religious apostasy. Wow, so much more. I want you to stay tuned over the next few weeks because we're going to do the uh, Red Horse, the Black Horse, and ultimately the Pale Horse. They'll all be separate messages. Again, thank you so much for listening to me, Mike Franzone, and the Prophecy Channel.